Welcome to Fandom City Cinema, the cousin podcast to Press Rewind, where instead of discussing older films, we discuss films that are a little more recent, anything from 2000 to the present, and various film-related topics. Tackle all genres and often discuss brand new releases. Today, we'll be discussing the new movie, Man Night in Miami. Before we get to it, let's introduce ourselves. I am the Fandom City Sheriff T. I am the Fandom City Alderman Leona X. I'm the Fandom City Mayor Shell. Okay, One Night in Miami, which I can't remember if we have this neck. People have said this about us before, that we all share a brain. So I don't know if it was like we all happened to see like a preview or hear something about at the same time and we all were on Twitter like, hey, oh, oh, you said that? I, I was just saying that. I can't remember how. I knew I wanted to know about it because of all this. I'm sure Leona wanted to know about it because of Regina King. And I'm sure Jeb was like all of the above. So <laughs> we all kind of found out about the same time, the same way. What, why did you want to see it other than the obvious? Um, I wanted to see it because it was directed by the queen, Regina King. <laughs> Who is a Capricorn? <laughs> Shout out. Happy birthday to the queen, Happy Regina birthday. King. <laughs> um, no other reasons. Obviously, um, I also am interested in um, half the people in real life. Um, <laughs> um, and I also am, I, I, like, I enjoy the cast. I'm, I can't say I'm familiar with all of them, but for the ones I recognized. Um, yeah, so I was interested. Okay, well, um, because um, of who's in it, first of all, and because who it's about, you know, like you said, half the people that they were speaking on are. <laughs> I'm so curious about the half. But... <laughs> I could even say three quarters. Oh, okay. three, qu- three quarters, three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> three quarters. I'm so curious. So curious. Oh, oh you'll find out. <laughs> okay. But, uh, and, um, yeah, I, I, I'll watch just about anything that involves Regina King and then it's actually a plus to see all this in Leslie and although I wasn't familiar with the other two actors I will watch everything they're in now unless they're in something horror and people get their heads cut off oh I might even watch that (laughs) (laughs) um like I said I I don't even know how I even stumbled upon all this thing in it I know I've, I follow him on Twitter and Instagram, so he might have mentioned it. I don't know. I don't know. How, oops, I don't know how I found out, but um, so all this was a big factor. I think I found out from you guys that Regina has to do it. I'm like, oh, double plus. I did not even know Leslie was in it hmm. until you saw it. No, I till I. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> even okay. Okay. Even though the cast, I just didn't really pay attention. Right. I, I'm sorry. I'm like all this focused. Like, nah, ain't I nothing am. wrong being all this focused. <laughs> so, <laughs> yet, yet, I'm going to say what has to be said. Yet, y'all won't watch Underground, and I'll leave it alone. I'm going to get so mad. I'm going to get so <laughs> mad. That's no. the only reason I still got to work with them. And I'm like, I'm going to get mad. <laughs> it's, 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 it's on there. It's in my list. And like, every time I see it, I go, ah! <laughs> I'm going to make one. I'm going to leave Underground long after I say one thing. There is something he does in the movie. When he spins around, it's mm-hmm. just like a scene in the first episode. Like, all this... Are you Noah? <laughs> Are you Noah right now? Noah, like, watch it. Oh my gosh. And it's Y'all so funny because I am re watching Leverage right now. 
That's which is something I just I watched like. Leverage just because of him. I mean, don't get me wrong. I went into it for Tim Daly, but it was all this Tim that Hutton. kept me. I'm about to say Tim Daly was all Tim, Tim Daly, Hutton. not Tim Daly. Tim <laughs> Hutton. I'm, Tim Hutton is in my mind, but Tim Daly <laughs> came out. I'm sorry to both the Tims. You're both great. <laughs> but yeah, so like I'm a, I'm a huge Aldis fan, so I was like, oh, I want to see this. And then like when I saw what it was about, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And um, I'm familiar with everybody except Kingsley. So go ahead. I, I don't know if we're going to go. Well, we can say it because we're going to name the cast anyway. So Kingsley, I know only because of High Fidelity, which is a show I wasn't going to watch because I don't like that movie. Um, but it actually was a good show. I thought it was canceled oh. too soon. And he was, so I was like, him? He in it? Okay. <laughs> but I, went, I, I still didn't know what to expect because it is still like right. a romantic comedy type show. Someone like yeah. he gave like thought provoking performance. It was good, but I still didn't know what to expect from this. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I'll do this part and then I'll do the next two parts and then somebody else can take over. Um, it was released on September 7th, 2020, where it premiered at the Venice Film Festival and then limited release on December 25th, 2020 and then January 8th in theaters. <laughs> Who's going to theaters? Anyway, and on um, January 15th on Prime Video, which is, we had, we saw like an, an advanced screening, even show. Special. Special. Then we just do stuff like that all the time. Yes. <laughs> Go to the hoity-toity so events. Cool. We were so cool. Private we events at the museum. We <laughs> <laughs> were so cool. Where's my passion caveat? So yeah, we saw it early-ish and then it premiered today when I watched it again. I don't know if you guys um, it was directed by, as Leona said, the wonderful, the incomparable queen, Regina King. It was written by Kent Powers, who wrote the screenplay and the stage play. So someone else can take over. Well, I threw in interesting tidbits at the beginning instead of at the end, like we always do. So, uh, um, so um, what I want to point out is that Regina King is the first African-American woman director to premiere a movie at the Venice Film Festival. So, Can we pause on that for a second? Because mm-hmm. I know that people keep talking about how she's, oh, she could be the first black woman nominated for an Oscar, which is awesome if it happens. But this fact, like, I knew no right. black woman nominated for an Oscar for Best Director. And I realized this one. That's right. insane. It's insane. Carry on. It's, 2020, it's 2021 now, but that was 2020. Film industry mm. is 100 years old. Mm, 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 mm. Um... Okay, well, Kent Powers um, is the first. I'm pointing him out because he's the first African American okay. to co-direct a Disney animated feature, which was Soul. Which I ain't Come know on. that either. No black person ever. What but- is that? <laughs> um, Kent Powers co-wrote um the screenplay and the story for Soul and several episodes of Star Trek. And the only reason why I'm pointing that out. It started to discovery. I'm sorry. And the only reason I'm pointing that out because um, his resume is not that much shorter than Aaron Sorkin. So I just want to see some Aaron Sorkin type work for Kent Powers. I'll bring I it because me and Leona was talking about that. I know what. I got to go see what episodes of Discovery he wrote. That's like one of my favorite shows. Like that show was amazing. I got it. I got the DVDs here. Gotta watch them. Star Trek Discovery? Uh huh. It's on CBS. Where's my Alexis? I passed password. I don't remember. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yo, this is where your daughter get it from. This You'd rather watch a DVD than just ask for the password. I'm going to land to you like I did to her about my pet. Anyway, oh, okay, fine. We'll, we'll discuss it later, <laughs> off air. Um, as of as of right now, as we're recording right now, today is Regina King's birthday. Again, happy, happy birthday! birthday. Man, how appropriate she get to yeah. sing that song. Yes. Happy birthday to yes. you. Yeah. Um, since we're not really gonna discuss all the characters, I did want to point out that D'Angelo Barksdale and Lieutenant Daniels from okay. The Wire. I'm sorry, I did peep that. I did appreciate that. I gotta say. Michael Imperioli, who played um, Ali's um, boxing dude, um, Angela, he um, he also was in Malcolm X, and. Um, Kingsley Ben Adir played Barack Obama in the Comey Report. Which is funny. I, I love the remember when you pointed that. I didn't know that saying watch Comey Report. But as while I watched this movie, I was like, he could play Obama. <laughs> Me too. And then and then yeah, he, said, he looks familiar. You know what Hollywood? Right. Get on it. It was funny because mom was pointing out how familiar he looked, and I was like, I've never seen him anything. And she, so I went on IMDb, and I was like, he played Barack. That's it. He was Barack Obama. And I'm like, why wow. she know something I don't know? Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought you only watched part two. <laughs> Emily Bridges, who was Mr. Carlton's granddaughter, is actually Bo Bridges' daughter. Oh. And um, Terrence Blanchard wrote the score and the music. And Leslie Odom Jr. co-wrote that gut-wrenching song at the end with um the um, with folk singer and songwriter Sam Ashwood. But that song, man, that's on the playlist. Cool. Don't don't get mad at me for because I, I guess I'm the one who said something about the cast. But just real quick, y'all notice that Bo Bridges being some black stuff. Bo Bridges yes. is a black stuff, but I need Bo Bridges. I love him. I need him to, I need him to calm down racism. He either means to black people or racist <laughs> so many times. Right. Well, he Bo? was in a movie with Sidney Poitier where he was in love with a black woman. I mean, he was he's, we get Rainbow's, he's Rainbow's dad on Blackish. So I get he can love a black person too, but. <laughs> he's like, I just, I'm an actor. I can do both. <laughs> right, but he is. He's, he, I think he get the script and say, so how many black folks? <laughs> do I or do I not say the n-word I just need to know up front but at least you know, he ain't called Rod too well n-word he just called yeah. him the, the black fella <laughs> the black fella <laughs> the black fella <laughs> such disdain the and black. he tried to ruin I, the green I, leaves I, mm. I like that he has the the um, expanse where he can play the right. Rod, the black fella right. or like, the guy you don't who know what gushes you're over get. his black right. maid. I'm Bo Bridges. I'm going to love you or hate you. Like, you have to figure you have to sit down and figure and it out. You're going to be happy to see me on the screen no matter what. Exactly. <sighs> okay. Um, okay. Well, I'll say what um, the descriptions that we have from IMDb. We've got One Night in Miami is a fictional account of one incredible night where icons Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown gathered discussing their roles in the civil rights movement and cultural upheaval of the 60s. Okay. And for Google, we have on the night of February 25th, 1964 in Miami, Cassius Clay joins Jim Brown, Sam Cooke, and Malcolm X, and they discuss the responsibility of being successful black men during the civil rights movement. 
the reason why I made an effort to put out the IMDB description mm -hmm. was this company is owned by Amazon. They couldn't get an Amazon employee to put the right description there. <laughs> I think it's very, it's fascinating. While I get that he becomes Muhammad Ali, you know, he is Muhammad Ali, but he's Cassius Clay. Right. In right. This movie. So it's like, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and just to for the primary cast, yeah. Okay, so we've got as we've said a few times, Kingsley Benadir was Malcolm X, Eli Gorey. I hope I said that right. Is Cassius Clay? The fun. Aldous Hodge <laughs> was Jim Brown, and Leslie Odom Jr. was Sam Cooke. And of course, we've mentioned some other people who had some definitely prominent roles in the movie as well. When I saw when when I first came on and I saw Eli Gorey, I'm like, I know this dude from somewhere. I know him. I know him. He was on the first season of The 100. Was he? Oh, and I was okay. like, Oh my God, Wells Jaha has come up. Good for you, sir. Good for you. I'm I sure he's done other things since, but I remember him from The 100. Um, Joaquin Carla Congo was um in um your show, Leona um. Come on, come on. From HBO Lovecraft. Yes, yes, yes. And I was, and you know what? I was looking like, why do I know her? And I didn't look and see. I was I was sitting up there looking at it. I was like, oh, I six degrees of journey smiling. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um well, real quick, just because I, I want to make a comment. I noticed that you have this note right after acting and storyline. Um can I say what you just said? Because yeah, I was going to sure. ask y'all about it anyway. So in the notes, Shell did put, to me, all the acting was great, but Eli was amazing and Kingsley had me riveted. I love that, Shell. And I do agree that all the acting was amazing. It's, it actually feels weird even singling anybody out, but I was going to single out Eli probably because he's the one I've never seen in anything else. Mm -hmm. And how do you become... Cassius Clay, a.k.a. Right. Muhammad Ali, so well. Like, so yeah. well. You had that, wow, my so pretty. Like, I mean, <laughs> the mannerisms and everything. There was a point, I can't remember what happened, he turned his head and he looked like him. I was yeah. like, I mean, I've never seen anybody play Ali as well as he did. And, like, mm -hmm. there were moments, like, when I was little, um, dad and all the men used to watch you know obviously used to watch boxing and all of that and for some reason ali used to come on be be interviewed by somebody on a saturday morning or something and he used to crack me up like i didn't even want to believe he was a boxer because he was so entertaining to me outside the ring but this dude was just like i like i felt like i was watching ali you know the real dude and i was like this is amazing he was amazing i'm, he, I'm he, just he killed that like he killed it like and he was it was endearing it wasn't like annoying it wasn't like right. oh, could you stop with this it was like i want to know this dude and i kind of want to hang with him just so i can laugh right. with him. right and you know um beeps watched it with me and he's not familiar with muhammad ali and um he was just like he is extra but it wasn't like also <laughs> wasn't like he bo it bothered him he was just like what are these what why did he just say that um that's how you know to me he did like an amazing job because it was like kind of like it was captivating in that way and again i, I Kingsley, amazing. All this, all this made me like Jim Brown. 
I mean, all this had me like this Jim Brown character they made up. He seems this like somebody guy. I want to support. This guy is an inspiration. Jim Brown. going somewhere. <laughs> Straight to the white supremacist White House. That's what he's doing. <laughs> oh my god. Like I said, Le- Leslie did so well, he made me wa- want to punch Sam Cook. So we're talking right. about that earlier. We're talking about that earlier. I was like, Leslie, if you don't stop being Aaron Burr right now, <laughs> he was being hater level of Aaron Burr. Sit down. And even in think- moments where you thought maybe Sam was right, Sam had a point at times, and maybe Malcolm was laying on thicker than Sam wanted to hear. But still, Sam was still getting on my nerves. Right. Even when I was siding with him, I was like, shut up. Just, just break it down just a little bit, sir. I think it's like I don't want to. I think we all can agree. Like we don't want to like, like oh well these these couple of actors were more did a better job than these other actors. It's not even mm-hmm. that. I think it's when you have Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X, and you've seen people play those roles before. Mm-hmm. You have something to sort of like not necessarily compare it to, but you you know about these people. We don't really know anything about Sam Cooke. We don't right. know anything about Jim Brown. He's so it's like... I mean, we know something about Jim Brown. Well, I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't really... Right. He wasn't a fixture in households in right. the same way that right. Malcolm X or Muhammad Ali was. So it's like... Mm-hmm. I really appreciated the performances because it was like... I felt it was... I felt like all this was just so understated until he didn't have to be. Yeah, right. no. And at those moments where he had to come out of that, it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And Jim Brown to kick your ass. And I have to agree with that. On the one hand, I was picturing the dude from Hammer or Slammer, whichever one he was. Mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking of him <laughs> as my bunny is killing me. Um, so to me, he sounded like him. You right, know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's Sam Cooke, who I have to say, yeah, I have no, aside from listening to music by him, I don't have any reference for his mannerisms or how he talked or anything. So I did kind of, even though he was driving me crazy, it made me like, is there a side about Sam? Because I've been meaning to watch that documentary for the longest, but I haven't. Uh, is there a side of Sam Cooke? Like, is there layers to him beyond right. just you send me? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I knew there were, was, but seeing it on screen was still pretty right. darn good. Right. Yeah. But but Kingsley, Kingsley for me, we all know that Malcolm survived this night, but Kingsley had me like, please, please, please make it home safe. Please listen. Safe. I just want to say, I saw that, um, and we'll talk about it a little more in depth later, I'm sure, but um, Leona has said something about his performance on Twitter. And I was going to, I, I tempered my response. I said it was, I said he did excellent, but that's not what I was going to say. And I was saying not what I was going to say because Kingsley said it um, on his interview today. And, and I'll tell you why I didn't want to say it. I felt like he brought a humanity to Malcolm that I didn't expect or know. I didn't want to say humanity because he is, he was human. You know what I'm saying? I hate people say, oh, he brought a humanity to it. Well, you're human. So of course there's humanity to it. But I think he, Kingsley even further said there was a vulnerability to it. Right. And that was the real thing I was trying to say. He brought a vulnerability to Malcolm. Knight. We saw some of that with um, Denzel, but Denzel also had, we had to see Malcolm Little. You saw three and, and a half hours of Malcolm. Exactly. So you saw, right. you saw yeah. this. 
We saw him rough and tumble, rough and right. tumble, even and out. And then eventually, like, I need to slow down. But this was like at the I need to slow down point. So it was just like, there were so right. many times you could hear the tears in his throat. And I'm just like, so right. it, it kind of reminds me of some of the the um, clips you see of Malcolm, you know, when he was willing to reach out to Martin and other, mm-hmm. you know, interviews that he did where he, you know, where it wasn't just by any means necessary or, or he finally felt, you know, I'm this is what we mean. And it, I always felt that Malcolm um, had humanity to him. I just think that he felt that he had to be the one to, we already had the non-violent movement he had to be the one to say if we need to go violent we have to and i just felt that 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 guy kingsley just brought out the videos that i'm always looking at right no i agree with both of you i think there's something about it being a snapshot of one night because Mm -hmm. we saw cocky malcolm and we saw Mm -hmm. like loud and 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 extra malcolm the one that white people really feared um Whereas this was somebody who was vulnerable. And I, I kind of even appreciated Sam almost mocking it in a way. Mm-hmm. Because, wait, Malcolm's scared of something? And it's right. like, well, yeah, he's a real person. <laughs> right. um, and I agree with you, Tio. It was to see him on, when he and Regina were on Tamron, Kingsley and Regina were on Tamron, for him to say that vulnerability, I was like, boy, that, that really hits it. Mm-hmm. You don't think of right. Malcolm as being vulnerable, even though we saw it. In, in movies right. or anything we've read before, still just seeing one snapshot of it was just interesting. Or, you know, the idea that maybe he was scared for his life. You you know, you yeah. knew it had to be a possibility, but Kings let you see that, yeah, he, and he, you know, he just brought out something that, like the vulnerability. It was just really, it was good. I mean, like I said, he had me every time he looked out the window, went yeah. to use the, the, the pay phone was, you know, side checking um he, brother cedric or you know right. you know lance reddick's character i was like you know he just you just saw i don't know which one of y'all i can trust right and you could even see him like try to like even being nervous for a second but then like hitting him with a wisecrack or hitting mm-hmm. him with some knowledge for a second but still going back to being like okay anyway i'm on guard right. i love like the taking the glasses off and everything uh, yeah mm-hmm. oh. We could go on and on. Again, not focusing on one person more than the other. It was just to see Malcolm. I don't know. Malcolm is my favorite movie, right? One of my favorite movies anyway. Mm -hmm. So, because I've seen it so many times. That's something I was telling Biebs too. I've seen that so many times. And plus little elements that we'll talk about later, I'm sure. Little elements that made me think of that movie later made me emotional. Malcolm yeah. X is my favorite leader. You know, Malcolm X. Is, yeah. You know that that's you know when I think of black leaders, Malcolm X is one of the first ones to come to mind. Right. You know. I say movie just because it's a depiction of. Oh yeah, him. I like, understand. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying if I keep going back to Kingsley's performance, it's because he performed Malcolm right. X. We just have so <laughs> much more, I think, reference. Yeah. To him, to Malcolm in particular, and you nail it. It like if you see. Uh, Malcolm a whole lot and you weren't that great you can keep talking about him you know what I mean like, mm-hmm. like oh, I've seen better Malcolm dude <laughs> especially since you know there was that article where they said Regina kind of defended the choice of of his casting because people don't like when the Brits are cast as Americans well defend away <laughs> I'll defend it good job we're gonna Regina. let's come back to that later I have a comment about that 
make it now? I can make it now. Yeah, yeah, make it now. Um, so uh, this is something I've heard a billion times about, the, and it's usually the black British actors that people have a problem with coming over and oh, playing. Oh, almost always that I hear. Black Americans, because white people don't care. Um, but here's the thing, because that's uh, somebody in one of those threads you were talking on, or you would mention somebody is saying, "Why I got it?" Here's the thing. No, somebody said, "When are we going to see Americans on British TV?" Um, you don't see black Brits on British TV. That's why they're over here. Because they can actually get work. Like, are you serious? They're really going to deny somebody the opportunity to make money to feed their family just because they're not from here? They're so black. I didn't read anybody's comments, even though I retweeted the article. I didn't read anybody's comments. Also, person, how much British TV are you watching? Keep it real for a second. Like, none. None. But I watched quite a bit. And... Well, Unless Idris Elba is attached to it, uh, none. Speaking of Idris, not on staying with the subject, but not about the movie. I can't imagine nobody else playing Stringer Bell. So, and you know, even though Mint didn't see it, and I happened to be talking about it, the same point was made. But y'all, y'all didn't even know uh, Idris was British while the wire was on, yeah, and y'all wasn't mad about it. Like they don't know. And he did a great job. They don't know most people are. Look, I, I get the today, whole... Oh, I won't call nobody out. <laughs> what you say? I'll probably name a person. But y'all know who it is. I get being mad at particular people because of the things they've said right. against Black Americans. But go ahead. Right. Um, You know, that's always a particular group anyway. Um, <laughs> um, what I was to say was, like, I was... There's some new show on Netflix with Anthony Mackie and... Mm-hmm. There's a young guy on it, and like the mister was watching the preview, and I'm like, all I said was, I bet that dude is British. Why did I think that? His American accent didn't sound right to me, and I was like, I bet he's British. Yeah, he is. And then the husband goes, Oh, I knew he was because he was on Snowfall, and I'm like, A Snowfall guy? Yeah, the Snowfall guy. British. And I'm like, I know. Good for him. You know, <laughs> like, he got the lead from All American is too. Good for I them. Know, he was on the view. Because I think the problem I have with, and I don't know that the average black American gets mad about it until like Sam Jackson says something. I don't know. But here's the thing. Black actors who are British usually don't get cast and stuff until they have achieved such a height of um, success here. Look and then like, they'll get a job there. Right. But here's the thing. And there's a, we all know this just because of our experience in this country. When you are a certain hue of brown, right. you really ain't getting a job. Right. So for all of these darker skinned brown men who are getting jobs in America, leave them alone. If it any, for me, any brown man who's getting a job in America, leave them alone. We make movies every day of the year, let them work. What do you care? You're not watching British television. They not on British television anyway. They can't get a shot at it. Let them eat. What's the problem? You know, if you're good for the role, I want to see it. I'd rather you give it to a good actor that happens to be British than to give it to a singer that can't act. I'd rather you or give a stand-up it to a comedian that can't act than someone who's not and spray their skin darker. That too. I'd rather that. I'd rather that. But... 
at least they cast somebody that was Malcolm's complexion or clothes. And blue. Okay, what's next? You mean this part? When we just do it in general, I just yeah, but I would the reason why I did that, when the movie opened, it you know, you so you I'll do it because you open up with the, you 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 see it's egos everywhere you know mm. and this it opened with them kind well not egos everywhere but you know that these men are at a height where mm. their egos are bam right where if they have big egos you expect it because they are who they are but though that oh, those opening scenes each one of them kind of had except for Cassius because he was like whatever they kind of had a little bit of a blow to their ego in those opening scenes and um. I think the opening ego that I really want to focus on, I don't know how y'all feel, was Jim Brown's kind oh, yeah. of mm-hmm. bubble birthday. Because <laughs> I see his coming. I saw no. Sam's coming. You know what I mean? I uh-huh. see Jim's coming in all honesty. I feel like I should have in retrospect, but I didn't. It was such a, it was, it was that, um, that blind sighting that um, white liberals do. Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> I mean, and because it, it, it kind of felt like Okay, it made me. It made me kind of, kind of feel like who we see, you know, now that the actual guy, you know, this. Okay, obviously you were missed. You knew the rules, you know. You knew that black folks wasn't allowed in this man's house before you went there. So when you don't went off, you don't went to the NFL and got famous. Mister um, Carlton want to see you. Mister Carlton can sit and spin. I'm not going out there. <laughs> Right. We buddies but, now that I, I wouldn't want to go see him. I think he went there like that. I think he went there with that mindset. Like, because you can see him as he put on his jacket, like, this, I gotta go see this person. Almost like somebody in his family was like, you need to go do this because this guy wants to see you. So mm-hmm. I'll go see him. But I think the conversation that they had made him drop his guard a little bit. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think even the granddaughter, granddaughter, right? Mm-hmm. Being all like, oh my God, you. I shaking think his hand that made him like, okay, I thought that was okay. all fake to me. Let I thought like, oh, he was shaking the hands of the black star. You know, that's right. all I saw. No, but he he didn't though. He didn't see it as just a black star. He seen it as accepted. He saw it mm-hmm. for that moment as accepted. Y'all want me here? I think his guard was a tiny bit up, but it just kept slowly coming down, and he was yeah. relaxing just to get hit with. I'm trying to help you, and you just said you don't like niggers in the look, house. Look, old man. I was trying to help you so you don't get your sciatica don't act up. Now I gotta be a nigger? Okay. All I always think is like, let him get crushed under the bureau. Listen, that's what I was saying. She's I, I hope the bitch the next day said he was dead. How about that? I wouldn't even offer help. Well, I'll be seeing you later. Bye-bye. I drank out your glass? <laughs> how many times they, they shake his hand and touch him get out of here probably but they, they can't cross did. the threshold get out of here mm. hello but, but yeah I, so that no go ahead you first i mean i'm, I'm not i'm not even staying on jim but just so mm-hmm. just kind of like the, i think i agree that i like the whole setup of I'm kind of not at the peak, but I am at like this point where I'm like, yes, I made it. I'm doing it. I'm doing my thing. And all of them had a moment of, oh, like you said, Cassius, <laughs> Cassius didn't care about his O, but right. the rest of them, like, I do feel like Sam was like, I'm playing at the Copacabana. Oh, y'all do not care. Cool, right. cool, 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 cool. <laughs> like, 
yeah, I, I like that Cash did that. You know, in the next scene, Cash was like, "I won." You know, right? <laughs> a win is a win. What is you talking about? Right. <laughs> but but yeah. So, and I and obviously, um, Malcolm's moment was just realizing that the person that he brought into the nation is not going to go out with him. Oh, so that was Louis Farrakhan. Like that. Am I correct? Huh? That was Louis Farrakhan. Oh, was it? That's what I thought, and I wasn't sure. Right. Mm. That's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. I think it is. Well, shouldn't have trusted him, boo boo. Yeah. And at least, you know, when, you know, then obviously the next scene is that they're all feeling their moments. Everything is a little bit back, you know, up. With um, Cash is getting a defeat. Sunny listing all the stars are there. You know, Jim Brown get to commentate with the with the white sportscasters, and you know, the thing that really stood out for me in in that those moments was Malcolm recording everything that's happening. You know, mm-hmm. and you you know, and I, he's taking a lot of pictures. What is he like a tourist or something? <laughs> then you come to realize, oh, posterity, right? You know, what actually stood out to me was um the sam's girlfriend or peace wife. whatever wife. wife okay because he shall treat her like she met her. um <laughs> she pointed out they were at the fountain blue and fountain mm-hmm. blue is still a thing here in south in miami and i'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> and yeah especially in the 60s that's a big deal is it like the drake so, huh it's like the drake hotel is it like the drake I yeah guess, uh, Oh, that's what you're saying? It's kind of one of those. So especially then, I mean, like, people go there for parties and stuff now. But I thought that was interesting. I was glad that they even talked about the fact that that's where you were staying. Because all I kept thinking was, well, when he gets over to Hampton, he's going to be like, where am I? And he <laughs> showed immediately did. Dump. He went, is this the whole room? <laughs> He's like, wait, your bathroom is that close to the bed? Oh no! Is it out? Did I just go outside? <laughs> did I open the door and go outside? The Motel Six kind of shit. What is this? <laughs> but you know, I thought the room was pretty spacious for a cheap hotel. I showed it to He had a little sitting room. Exactly. <laughs> he had a freezer. It was like something. He had two cartons of vanilla ice cream. Break your bank ain't even got that kind of right. space. Great. Stay at that type of hotel now. You ain't got that little ice tray with you six got, cubes in it. Right. You got the, the ice, the freezer section. And when you put something in it, it's like. <laughs> exactly. And in a off the, off the area dining area, we're not getting that. You, do not, you might have a chair. They had a whole right. ass table with chairs and chairs right. in there. Like. Uh, when, when, when Sam called it a dump, I was like, "Dump." He was like, "Ugh." <laughs> he was like, "Everything." He said, "Everything is the same color." I don't like. Right. It. Oh my goodness. It simply won't do. Barbara, it, come get me. I, you know, I had to keep looking at where are these people from for him to be acting like this. But remember when he um had his little flub at the Copacabana and his white manager was like, you know, things happen. And he was like, have you ever been paid a quarter of a million dollars to sing? And I'm like, you know, okay. But, you, you know, they didn't want you this time. Let's pack right. up and move on. Let's move on. 
when I look at those, I want to, they're real people, but I guess they're characters anyway, since it's based off for of real people. But you see, you know, the fervent black activists, is fervent the right word? You see the um, athlete that is is looking for a cause or just you know you know one athlete is about to young and about to be a part of a cause he, he's full of ego and everything you got another you got Cassius is the athlete that's young and got a big ego but you know he's he's going his greatness is right there around the corner you got Jim Brown who has experienced greatness but he's sitting on the fence when it comes to the cause and then you got Sam Cook who is that singer everybody we all know that even today there are those famous people that not, not quite ready to take a stand got to be pushed into taking a stand so that's how i you know I, don't get me wrong i was i'm not saying names but i was comparing them to a lot of famous people comparing all of them yeah okay. and i was wondering how that friendship came about i can see how malcolm and cassius became friends i was wondering too because um i didn't feel like i didn't feel like um sam liked Malcolm. I know, right? He did not seem to. He didn't say, even Malcolm wasn't being combative. He'd say his point and Sam was still ready to flip out on him. That's why he was making mm. me mad. Because like, he wanted to party. You're getting so hyped. So he wanted to party. He wanted to party so doggone bad. There are some white women waiting for him <laughs> right now. Jim and I'm sitting here with you. He Jim learned about like, them white women. Right. <sighs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry. Actually, I lost my whole, whole I'm thought sorry. that fast. Um, but it did seem like he didn't like it. I was going to say, I agree. Mm-hmm. I thought the same thing. It felt very contentious. It was like, even when he was like, all right, let me chill. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm rubbing you the wrong way. Sam still was like, yeah! Right! How much of that is because he saw something in himself that he wasn't a person he necessarily wanted to be? Like, no. He, I want to be like you, Malcolm, but I don't know how. He, he basically said it when, because Malcolm made him feel bad for being like, why your songs ain't saying nothing? Even Bob Dylan wrote something meaningful. <laughs> why you can't do it? And I think he was kind of like, oh, shoot. Why have that was, And that, that had to, because when he pulled up the record and played Bob Dylan, because, you know, they tr- everybody tried to paint Malcolm. X as a person who don't like white folks. So right. if you you know, oh no, he he he, he cool with him. He, here's this Bob Dylan. I like him so much that I like you know what Bob Dylan has to say. And so that was kind of interesting too to say. Not only am I going to shoot down your theory, but I'm gonna shoot you down with a white with a white man. I'm, right. I'm gonna show you that that a that a white man is willing to fight for a cause. I'm not and he wasn't saying stop doing what you do. Just be a little active. At the same time, I couldn't help but think when he said, why is it you're saying that you it's not possible to make a hit with that kind of music? Why is it he could? And my first thing I said was because he's white. Because he's white. Mm-hmm. I thought it too. I <laughs> thought it too. Because he's white. But at the same, but at, still going mm-hmm. further, but you ain't trying though. Exactly. We need to try. You need to try. I mean, right. he at this point where he owned his own record label, he writing music, he he getting the Rolling Stones to make number one songs out of, you know, songs that his people yeah. are writing. He, he count, you know, patent his. Who wrote you don't, that? You know, Who made that coin, huh? Right. <laughs> so that mean, that mean he's, he's got that kind of clout where he can write or have someone that works for him write a hit song for the Rolling Stones, that means he also can write his political songs exactly. and still write You Send Me. He got that power right now. He's playing at the Copacabana for little bitty old ladies that don't deserve his presence. So he can, you know, and, and also, 
don't record them just sing them you know when you're out and at your concerts you know I did a little something I wrote for the cause and people will remember it and be waiting for you to sing it at the next show right the problem was he thought Malcolm disrespected him like or just didn't look down on him altogether Malcolm had to mm-hmm. tell him that whole story of dude I've been in five of your shows what are you talking about I can, mm-hmm. I can tell you exactly what happened I love your music what are you talking about mm-hmm. I'm just saying you have a voice you have a platform Boom. Make all these bubblegum songs. I ain't saying all his songs are bubblegum, but whatever. Make the mainstream hits. Make the crossover hits. I'm saying along the way, you could bust a little something out for us to inspire the people. And so, you know, I mean, obviously this is within the story. We don't know what really happened, but within this right. world, it is what inspired him. Ooh, it's like, what <laughs> right. Yeah. Ugh. You know, you can write, um, Delirious and money don't matter all at the same time. <laughs> Wait, which one is the? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just... <laughs> Delirious, you send me or? <laughs> I was like, I just did. <laughs> <laughs> you can write a meaningless song and still write a meaningful song. <laughs> Poor Delirious, I think. That's <laughs> <laughs> the first one that came to mind. I'm sorry, oh, but anyway. God. Anyway, um, do you think that obviously within this world that had they gone to whatever nightclub Sam and Jim wanted to go to, that they would have been more receptive to Malcolm's teachings? No. They'd have been drunk before they got 20 minutes into the Shut that noise up. That's what they would say. No. But you know what? They had no respect for Cassius because, I mean, Malcolm let it slip that he was converting and they still gave him the liquor. But only reason I challenge that is Cassius didn't have no respect for it. That's true. Because I think they knew that his level of interest wasn't where Malcolm thought it was. Right. Otherwise, they, I'm sure if, he, if they offered it, he said no, they'd be like, okay, whatever me, whatever. But you know what else, though? <laughs> I think I challenged that only because I don't think it's that he didn't respect it. I think he was 22-year-old star on the rise and was like, wait, what am I committing? Am I about to give up right. a whole lot of fun? Is that what this means? Like, I don't think they didn't respect right, right, right. it. I'm not saying that you got to, like, get all your partying out and have fun before you do what matters, but I do think that he... It, it, it was easy to kind of make him think right. about something else. Wait, don't, wait, wait, wait. Especially to make him not trust Malcolm in a way. I think it was easy to sway a younger person like that. Right. And make it seem like Malcolm was trying to trick him into something. Right. Which was interesting. Again, that make you wonder how they, be, how this friend group happened. It seemed like Cassius was the center. Mm-hmm. Everybody was friends And he him. was the youngest. But like I just because I, I meant to look and see how old they all how old they all were at this well, point. Well, Malcolm was, was the oldest, thirty something, thirty seven ish. Right, Malcolm was the oldest. Sam is a few years younger than Malcolm, and then Jim Brown came, and then but Cassius is like Malcolm was born in the twenties, Jim Brown and Sam were born in the thirties, and Ali was born in the forties. And it just it seemed like. It seemed like they, they all were friends with him. It does seem Jim and Sam had, had their friendship, but they all really kind of centered around Cassius for the most part. Mm-hmm. And it almost was even like, that dude, Malcolm gotta come. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that was because they are accepted 
quote unquote, think they're accepted by white people. And he is the person who keeps saying those white people who, who kind of love me are the devil. I feel like they, in my mind, that's what I saw it because it just seemed like they, no matter how much white people treated them any kind of way, that's what they were used to anyway, white people not being that great. So when you get accepted by one or two, you think, okay, well, they good, right? They it's good. Not, how can Malcolm see them as the devil? And you don't want to be associated with that. I think it's more than just being accepted by the one or two. Both of them boast about being able to sleep with white women. But that comes from acceptance and validation right, right. of white so, people. I mean, and that's, that's their prize. And you, 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 Malcolm, you get in the way of that prize. Yes, I'm right. married to a black woman. But when I'm not with that black woman, that black woman that I sent back to the hotel to order, pack up and go home because there's white women waiting on me at the club. Right. You know. Right. He, he threatened that by even having so much to say about white people. Right. And, but they wouldn't even, you know, Sam didn't even acknowledge that what he said about Kennedy, he walked back. He admitted that he chose the wrong words. But that that was reality then at the time too. A lot of people mm-hmm. were mad at him for that. But you know, I, um, I feel like there's a lot of interesting things from that period of time that people don't really admit so much today. But I think a lot of people were against him, just like a lot of people were against Martin at some point, right? Because you didn't, because they weren't using the right messaging as you thought really included you too. Right. Instead of it, understanding what they were saying, you picked apart little things that they said. And honestly, it came from mainstream media. Right. Like people are telling you what to think and you're buying right mm-hmm. into it. Right. You're making them both in some way bad guys at some point because you're not mm-hmm. hearing what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. The same as they doing people in the movement now. Um, y- y- uh, Y'all want to take a break? Yeah. Sure. All righty. Take a break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, we do. Have you ever watched a show faithfully and for some unforeseen reason, like a heavy workload at your job, a hectic class schedule at school, a scary uncontrollable pandemic, the potential downfall of the democratic society you know and love, or some other random curveball life has thrown at you pushed you entirely off track? We know the feeling. Life is feeling a little easier now. You can finally relax a little and catch up on your favorite shows. We know the feeling. Playing catch-up is more fun with friends, so join us on Where's the Remote as we kick back and catch up with the Pearsons and the crew of the Rocinante. Listen and subscribe to Phantom City Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. We're back! <laughs> you sounded very happy about that, too. Yes. It feels like it's been an hour. Oh. <laughs> How long is break? Yeah. Um... Okay, so what did you think of the victory party? That was not quite a party. I would like to know what made them think it was going to be a party. You're going to Malcolm X's I hotel think, room. I thought because it was Cassius that it was going to be a party. But you went back to somebody's hotel room. What kind of party was what happening in a hotel room? did you think was going to happen? As they filed in, did they think they were meeting there and then about to hit... A club yeah, after. It's a pre party. That's a pre party. We got the pre game with some ice cream, real quick. <laughs> I love it. They're like, Hold what flavor? Lactose intolerance. Right? <laughs> you know, I just thought that. I was like, now you know black people be lactose intolerant. But we at the club, like, and you only got vanilla. <laughs> well, he was surprised he had Not even that. No sauce. You said what? Me? Yeah. He was surprised he had vanilla. He was like, and. Vanilla. 
on. You like vanilla sand. <laughs> but right, what got it for you? Oh boy. Um. So what? But then of course this party that's not quite a party kind of leads to a couple of different things, and that's where the conflict kind of comes in. Do you feel like the conflict sort of? Where do you feel like started? Do you think it's kind of the disappointment that it's not really a party kind of already just making you on edge? I think it's Sam's disappointment that it was not a party because Jim, when I was, I thought he was going to get up and want to get a bowl of ice cream, but Sam was just <laughs> insistent. We got to, we got to go get out. We'll get the ladies, man. Go back to the hotel room with your wife. If it's that deep. I think Jim was like resigned to the fact that he would have to eat at least one bowl of ice cream before they went to do something, do something else. He was fine with doing something here, but also like maybe we, maybe we pregame not gonna be cool with us going to do something. I mean, else. right? So it had to be a club. It had to be but a they, bar. Like we could do something else. Whereas Sam was like, I want the white women. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jim stated that that's why did you go back to Malcolm X Hotel if you thought you was getting some sex? You know. You think hookers were there? Yeah, I don't Malcolm, know. You it's think Malcolm is going to let himself get caught? One white even, women, he two flinch. with hookers. He just looked like, okay. <laughs> y'all thought that was going down tonight. Okay. Like, y'all know house. I'm devoted to my wife. And I'm what? devoted to my cause. And I'm not going to let any media catch me slipping. Exactly. Right. But... Of course, what we really get out of it, I mean, not that we didn't get out of it, some of the important conversations they had, the conflict, but then the friendship, the bonds. <laughs> Can, so, like people, because I've heard people talk about it, not that I've heard it a lot, but I've heard people talk about them all getting together before, right? And people are like, oh, we'll never know what they talked about unless Jim Brown decides to share or whatever. So just kind of based on what they wrote it to be. Mm-hmm. What did you feel you got out of seeing these well-known, love them or not, these well-known black men? What did you get out of seeing how that was, how their friendship, their bonds, including the conflict, was depicted on here? Because I think, go ahead. I think what I liked more than anything was that it still seemed like it was all love. Right. Like they had their conflict and. It's, it's obvious the bigger conflict was between Sam and Malcolm because Sam probably because of his own inner stuff felt like Malcolm didn't see him in a good way right. and it was more like I know you don't like me so I'm gonna be contentious against you blah 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 but there was still love there because he was even saying like you didn't used to be this way you used to be fun you used to be blah blah blah, blah. and Malcolm was like you didn't used to be this so but I thought it was, I thought it was interesting that even throughout all the, the conflict and, and some of the things that were said, I was like, that dude cannot be my friend no more. Like, mm. it was, it would be if it was me. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool that it was like, like just a rooftop scene where, when Sam said your daddy didn't beat you enough, like, I said. Uh, and uh-uh. Beams didn't get it. He didn't get why I reacted like that, but I was like, no, dude, no. <laughs> uh-uh. Yeah. What? Uh, I was like, it was weird because there were times when, like, when he said, you used to be fun, I'm like, I would love to know how long he and Malcolm had been friends. Because if you were friends with this person, if you knew anything about this person, because Malcolm was well known for, okay. for somebody who was just, thought he was a religious speaker. He was fairly well known. You didn't know his story. You didn't know about his father. 
for you to say some foul shit like that, like... I mean, did he know Malcolm Little? I mean, where did he get you used to be fun? That's what I'm saying. Because Malcolm X That's what I'm was saying. Malcolm I, X fun. I mean, like, probably fun, just not that but level not, of fun. And I would have party. to say, I would... I would believe Sam Cooke wasn't always the person he is on that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, excess money, opportunity, ex- women. I'm sure that sort of changed him to be the person that he we saw mm-hmm. for him to say you used to be fun and, you know, whatever. But, like, just as this, the stuff he was saying, I thought it was interesting that it was always mostly Jim, like, eh, you taking it too far now? I like that it was, when it wasn't Got Jim, it was Cassius and you know Cassius is 22 but he come out mm-hmm. here being the voice of reason and you know occasionally mm-hmm. I mean he's still you expect I would expect him to be more of let's go party I just you know I just won this big fight I you know I'm 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 the I'm the big man right now let's go let everybody know what a big man I am but it was clear that he really was one to please everybody involved mm-hmm. like because even said like Let's do this and then we'll go party. Right. Let's just just chill with him and then we can go do what we want to do. Right. I particularly like I'm, I'm just I didn't think about it until we were all talking right now. You think about it in the moment, but we've seen plenty of movies showing black friendships and and most of the examples that immediately come to mind were, were good examples, you know, or it's not like they made most of the ones that come to mind, like, say our best man, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To an extent, juice. You know what I mean? They looked out for each other until they didn't. You know what I mean? And I think that they could even be vulnerable with each other. But I thought it was interesting seeing, like, full-grown men who obviously had their own views. Uh, well, okay, maybe not Cassius as much because he's 22. But the others, like, have, they, they're very clear in their views. They're very set in how they feel. But also willing to be very open with each other. Mm-hmm. I just argued with you and just said something really horrifying to you and you just admitted how much you love my music and respect me as a person. You know what right. I mean? And I love seeing that vulnerability not just in Malcolm but in all of them mm-hmm. at some mm-hmm. point. Because you don't get to hear that enough about black black men especially when they're like outgoing famous black men like them. You don't hear anything about them being more vulnerable and showing their love mm-hmm. for each other. Mm-hmm. That was very well done. What did y'all think? I mean, it's not one of the four main characters, but what did you think about Malcolm's discomfort with Lance Reddick's character? Like, he didn't look like somebody that would bring him harm. Right, right. And I didn't even necessarily notice that um, at first. It seemed like it was, like, more and more. He was like, you doing... What are you doing? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he's kind of looking like, oh, man, I'm blanking on the guy's name. Kareem. The coach from Rookie of the Year. Oh. Um, like, he was looking at him like that guy. The guy who, like, helped Malcolm. Uh-huh. And then started being jealous of him. Uh, right. Blanking on his name. Oh, okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, he was almost looking at him like that. Like, you kind of have my back, but do you? Right. I and I did think that the coach from Rookie of the Year. <laughs> Who is thinking about Rookie of the Year? I had to go through the cast. Where's this black guy? Where's this black guy? Him. I was like, it's only white people. Uh, I'm sorry, manager. Albert Hall. Albert Hall. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had to correct myself. I know baseball. I say manager is not coach. My bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I agree to your point. With, with your point. And, and I, I also when they when Jamal came in. 
did you think that they were trying to use when they asked him if he regretted mm-hmm. joining you think they were using him to steer Cassius away yes. from joining I, you know I didn't necessarily get the feeling from Jim I think I want I think Jim wanted him to make a conscious decision based on what he wanted to mm-hmm. do and he like let's present all sides whereas Sam was like it's awful ain't it <laughs> don't you truth. hate it didn't you regret <laughs> it completely <laughs> I agree with that although Jim seemed a little he didn't he just wasn't extreme as Sam I still think he mm-hmm. didn't want him to do it but Sam was yeah, just, just yeah do you regret it? Yeah, I regret not doing it sooner. Oh, you ain't see that coming, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing, just going back a little bit about Lance Reddick's character, Brother Cedric. No, it? Brother Kareem. Um, I can use Cedric in the wire. Brother Kareem. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Brother Kareem, that's right. <laughs> Get him all mixed up. First of all, like he, I love him. I know, right? He say more than 10 words in this movie. His is so imposing. Like, you felt his presence <laughs> everywhere. Um, but, like, I just thought, like you said, like, Malcolm made a point in saying, I didn't choose them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, they were chosen for me. And I think, as both of you were saying, like, after a while, it became, like, obvious to him, like, they were chosen for me to watch mm-hmm. me, not to protect right. me. Right. They're not my homies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I did I did like that what did y'all think though of them I would say them not hearing him when he was explaining that he's thinking of leaving the nation mm-hmm. Malcolm and they like see this <laughs> what you need about to leave you hanging I was like no tell them why let him finish <laughs> tell them but he was even looking like I loved instead he didn't explain too much mm-hmm. he was like if you Think on how your best interest at heart, then go ahead. But I mean, please right. do what makes that feels right to you. I thought that was such a more incredible thing than me. I would have been like, no, you're not gonna make this me the best. I was lying to. I just want you to know. I was just trying to help you out. I, you know, um, it was mm-hmm. interesting. You know, obviously, you know. I'm not Malcolm X, so I'd have been like, I'm leaving because Elijah Muhammad did this, this, that, and that. That's what I'm saying. I just feel the boom. I had to put it all huh. out there. But he, you know, he still had enough respect for that man not to throw it out there. He wasn't trying to throw nobody under the bus. He just was like, I'm doing I, this. I need to get off this <laughs> bus and I'd like you to join me, but whatever. Right. And you see me right. as using you as a marketing scheme or something mm-hmm. it's not what I'm doing I'm saying if it's the path you want I want you to follow the true religion the true faith right. and I feel like they kind of should have figured that out in a w- little bit the, not the, that he was leaving but he was going in another when he mentioned that he was leaving that he would eventually go into another direction because he said that he was going to visit Mecca and he said he wanted to understand what it was to be a true Muslim not just right. a member of the nation of Islam so I think they, you know, I think in certain many ways they got so caught up in the party and, I mean, just Sam just wanted to find anything that made Malcolm wrong. He really did. See? Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. He was... (laughs) (laughs) He using you, man. (laughs) Chill out. I, I like the way Jim Brown was the... What is the word I'm looking for? But um, he was able to 
sit down and have a conversation with Cassius and say, you know, listen to what he wanted and, and also explain how he was, you know, had, you know, keeping his little secret about, you know, doing a Hollywood movie. And then he sat down with, with, um, Malcolm and, you know, talk to him about, remember how it used to be. So he, what is that word? I don't, I don't, I can't come up with a word. It's, he wasn't the voice of reason, but I guess in a way he was. The diplomatic in a way? Huh? So we're like an anchor? Right. Okay. So, so I like that he was, you know, that, that, um, all this made that character, Jim Brown, be that, um, you know, that type made of person. Made him someone you can root for. Huh? Made, made him, him someone you can root for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's call him Jimmy. Let's call him Jimmy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't want to go there, but me and Mom kept on saying, if only they could see him now. <laughs> I, I'm, t- I'm telling you, the thought wouldn't leave my mind. I was trying to just, I was seeing all this and seeing Jimmy. I was like, I don't, because, uh, do they know who this dude was trying to roll with? But okay. Um, that's fine. Um, so what do you think as we get towards the future I guess so obviously they've learned some new things about each other and themselves from this night hanging out mm-hmm. um, and what they would like to do next basically but what did you think of how they go ahead I was before you get to that is there something that I had to put this back on to see what I was going to say I wanted to talk about for a second when when Jim wants to talk to Malcolm about like after he pisses off Sam and he storms out and he's like, what's with you? I know, yes, yes, yes. I was like, and I was like, I thought it was so not funny, haha, but sort of funny, haha, because that's something I've always wondered about too. And then he was like, you know, you, W.E.B. Du Bois, um, Adam Clayton Powell and I was like Huey P. Newton like what's that about that, that is- I mean I get it I get it but I thought that was an interesting question to be posed like yes you're for the cause but like how much of how much of what you're doing like the scale of what you're doing the is about you trying to prove something to yourself or to other black people but also I thought it was interesting and I wish they had sort of talked about it the fact that yeah you guys can do that because you are light like you light enough to get away with it whereas if somebody darker was to do it it might be an issue see i do see that it seems like back then in the 70s 80s maybe even in 90s that a lot of light-skinned men were more outspoken and i'm not saying that other but you know you do even people that weren't famous you're in school and you see the light one that that's the one that's always talking about the terrible white man i'd be like and your dad white but then um <laughs> but, but i think not that just that they could get away with it let's just be for real the way america is structured a light-skinned malcolm x could be the mouthpiece for black a, a revolution or a um civil rights movement but not just because white people generally fear light-skinned people less but because black people generally listen to white light-skinned people more you know there's this 
I don't know if that's I don't know if I phrased it right, but there's just this thing that those people that are closer to white do get have do have the mic but open to them more. I, I, I don't and not to cut you off, Leona, I don't know that that's something that's a past we're giving light skinned people. I think that's something that's built into white supremacy. Oh, yeah. It is. Where it, seems, it is. It seems like we're saying, we'll listen to you more because you're light. Because I think we're all like, but but that brother said that yeah. too. <laughs> like, yeah. What are you talking it's the about? same thing. Why are you getting a shine for it? Like the same as that woman just said it, you know, but that's part mm-hmm. of white supremacy. And I mean, let's face it, a lot of the reality of blackness is structured in white supremacy. I mean, right from the slave days on it was just i mean the the lighter skinned people got more right. respect so obviously i've always thought this, this is just a layered thing period and i think it's layered for malcolm i don't know jim's story right but knowing what malcolm's parents went through knowing what he went through as a child and how they treated him in school knowing that he tried to be you know Detroit Red and all that and then it was white people who screwed him over and that it was like every time he thought he was making it it was always a white man stopping him mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and let's be real I feel like they kind of chose him to be the voice for Nation of Islam because of his lightness as well You're he was right. being used mm-hmm. he didn't know he was being used but he was and he just happened to be good at it and happened to attach to the message should he not you know what I mean it's right. kind of like I don't know right. what Jim Brown I ain't gonna say he ain't do nothing right but by comparison, he ain't. Right. So it's like, right. well, why are you mad that I'm doing it? That conversation was interesting because I think it's a very realistic conversation. I do believe, you know, someone like Jim Brown would ask someone like Malcolm X this question. But ask yourself, like, would you rather me not say nothing and try to be in Hollywood like you? I don't and I don't get it. Again, ask yourself because I am that light. I'm the light skinned guy that the white media fears. You're the the guy that the media is embracing so why don't you take a mic you don't have to speak my words but you can speak a truth right I thought I didn't take it I I didn't take it as you shouldn't do it I, I, I took it as okay you're doing this and you're loud about it he don't have to be as loud as you to have to be doing something cause he even made the point of like you can't knock the hustle he's doing if his hustle is giving black people economic freedom to not be yeah, no, I oppressed or as oppressed. So I, I, I didn't take it as, hey, light skin, shut up. Why well, bring <laughs> you know, up his not, complexion not, then? I, I don't agree with that. I think I, it was I, light skin, I think, Because I think, I, think a lot of, I think a lot of people, especially a lot of light skin people, don't realize the privilege that we sit in. We just don't. We're just like, we all black. But we are all black, but you are seen different. Like you, you guess is you can't escape it. Right, but I can't do anything with it either. I have no power. I have no power over anybody. Just because they treat me a little bit better doesn't mean I have power. I'm still going to be less than. I'm gonna give a quick, quick, quick example. So from Underground, there's an example where Aldous Hodge character when he first, the first time he really talks to Journey Smollett. He's not trying to be, he's trying to flirt, but he also kind of being a smart ass and like, it must be nice in that big house. I'll bet, you know, nice comfy bed or whatever. Later in the show, he see her get the crap whipped out of her in front of everybody. And he, you could see her look over at him, not like, see, I take it too. She was actually crying and like, look over at him. And he looking like, 
Never mind. You are. They still. I, I right. thought you were here in my own mind because you getting to sleep in a nicer house. But I forgot you still wanted me. And so I, I guess that's right, the right. thing I struggle with. I'm not saying that light skinned people don't have privilege. But that kind of conversation of why are you doing it? Are you trying to prove something? Why does it have to be proving something? I'm still getting treated like crap. Because it's still all couched in white supremacy. And that's what Jim Brown couldn't see. Right. Like, dude, we're all living this. We're all living in the same system of oppression and white supremacy. And you found a way around it, but you're not really around it. You're still part of it. They still see you as a nigger. Like, hello, they see me as one. And I mouth off because that's that's a tool that I have. I thought it was brilliant that Malcolm was like, but you're our weapon. Where ain't nobody gonna you have to be. But you have I'm to a be. weapon too. Okay, right. Like we all we all come into the table with something. If what you're coming with is you're this great football player who's winning championships and now you wanna be in Hollywood, that's still something you can use. Right. You can open the door for other black actors or become an activist as well as an actor and show other people, hey, you can do both. Like that's all he was trying to say. And I, I think it's funny that Sam and Jim, the two who loved white women, <laughs> I think it's funny that they had the biggest issues with everything he was saying. And they had the biggest platform. I mean, yes, Malcolm popped up on TV every now and then, but let's okay. be for real. Sam and 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 Jim had a bigger platform. Right. Absolutely. Hits the white women because it, it wouldn't have happened without the platform. Right. We know this. Fascinating. It it's a question to ask. I'm not going to say it's not worth asking, but still reflect the, run that question past yourself too. As right. you exactly. <laughs> why don't you ask yourself why you're not doing XYZ right. and why you can get away with XYZ? Right. Who are you trying to prove by seeing all these white women? Exactly. Mandingo. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I mean, obviously we can talk about any of the things, but um, what did you think though coming out of it? So that's probably a piece Jim left with, right? Like, uh, okay, I see what you were trying to say. I think they all saw what the other, what another person was trying to say. Um, mm-hmm. if you're not really trying to listen to somebody. Whatever they say is going to just get on your nerves. I want to party or I want to not party. Mm-hmm. But when mm-hmm. they, I, I love that it it ended with them having. I love seeing what happened after the night, I guess. I'm sorry to leave the night yeah. too fast if there was more you wanted to say on it. Um, mm-hmm. But I love seeing kind of what else. And I think I love that you noted it, show because the favorite moment was Sam's. But go ahead. What, what? I'm sorry. Before you, before you said that, because that's what gave me emotional. There was one thing I want to say about the night. I love that they had this big breakdown and people upset and crying and driving off and drinking. And they was like, let's go down to the diner. And they all have fun. And they like, all have it fun. It was just like... It's shit that happens when you're mm-hmm. friends. Right. Right. I agree. And just had a quit had a rocking good time. Um, <laughs> but so, yeah. So sorry to do the misty one. I like to start off with it, Shell, because you put it and it was a fair one You put it first. But Sam going on the show and it was Johnny Carson, right? Yeah. That was Christopher Gorham. Yeah. He sounded yeah. like Johnny Carson. He was, so he was, he was like, that's what you're going for, right? Okay. Um, that was Christopher Gorham, right? Yeah, that was that. Christopher Gorham. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's like, yeah, you're a safe black person. <laughs> Would you like to sing for us next? And he gets up and sings that. Yes. I actually, yeah, I screamed. I yelped. 
But see, was like, what? <laughs> you didn't know what's coming? Know what's when, when Sam said, you know, he was right. I wish he's like, when I heard the Bob Dylan song, I was angry because I wish I had written a song like that. And Jim was like, well, then do it. And he's like, I, I did. So when he got like, oh, it's it. He's going to sing that. Yes. Even if I read he was going to sing it, him starting to sing it still is going to make me miss because especially since they actually showed like the at his house when his house got burned down and everything. And they showed those scenes that we've seen before in real, you know, real life, but also in the movie, you know, mm-hmm. we've seen like the coverage of how everything happened for him. Oh, cause I always cry. First of all, I don't know if y'all knew that. I cry every time I watch Malcolm X, which I have seen lots of times. As long as it is, I have seen it a lot of times. And I cry every time. I cry every time I hear I that song. When they get to that song and she's like, don't you pay them food, though, never mind. Uh. girl um okay so i just thought that was such a perfect use of that song and of mm-hmm. course he did a yeah. you know, beautiful performance of it i just thought that was one of my personal favorite moments for um can we just pause for just a second and just say leslie odom jr <laughs> like what 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 nothing it's so odd to me because i've i've listened to the hamilton soundtrack 11 billion times <laughs> I've seen this man sing jingles on commercials. Mm-hmm. I've seen him act on audience. I was just not prepared for that. I wasn't prepared for him to sing that and make me like cry. I just wasn't. Like he 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 ached that song right. So I played his version. Then I went and listened to Sam Cooke's version. And then I went and listened to Al Green's version from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Did mm-hmm. you listen to Wayne Brady's version? That's the question. No. Alright. Okay, so um, I listened to Al Green's carry version. Carry on, Shiv. <laughs> Not a dry eye in the room, okay? I just love that song. And that song always cuts deep into my heart. You know, if that song is just backtracking to the fight, the, the argument between Sam and and Malcolm and he was like black people are dying in the street so I'm listening mm-hmm. to this song and like they still are Malcolm they, they still, still are. are 56 years later mm-hmm. like it ain't nothing and I told you know that I remember that when, when Barack Obama played it when when he won the first <laughs> uh, I guess the change is coming one day. I just don't know when. Right. And I love how listening to that song is nothing to do with the movie, but still to do with the movie. Black people just don't know how to give up hope. We just gonna keep on playing this song and keep on hoping. If it don't, if that change don't come for us, then it's gonna come for our kids or our grandkids. The change is coming. It's just going to happen. It has to, man. 400 years is too damn long to be oppressed. Um. What, oh, uh, but Cassius actually, when he announced, he actually officially joined the nation, mm-hmm. right? But he looking at them like... But I don't know. He just, he still looked like had the suspicious look on his face. He did. You know he did I mean? have like, a suspicious look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of liked how they captured that too. So did he leave with Malcolm? Yeah, he, he left. Like, he left the nation. Okay. 
um, T's, T's most inspirational moment was when Jim retired from the NFL. Can stay being um, looking out for Jim Brown. <laughs> Please give up I'm your kidding, platform that you have to help black folks and go to a platform that don't readily accept black people. Well, well, Malcolm said he was paying for stuff. He was buying up stuff and helping people in neighborhoods. That's maybe a, a lot of black people say like that's all they okay. gonna do. Right. It's sad, but a lot of black people like, I saw that too. I tossed money at it. Well, could you go do some of those, you know, buddy, and, and Sydney Poitier and, honestly, and Harry Belafonte t- movies? Toss money at it. That I don't have a problem. Anybody toss the money at mm-hmm. a problem. But can you, like, make sure people have jobs and can take care of their families? Not just, like, buying up corner stores. Mm-hmm. Like, right. It would have been nice if, you know, I'm sure it didn't happen, but it would have been so cool if he went up and bought an old man Carlton house and put them all out. You don't let niggas in the house? <laughs> right. <laughs> now you do. This is a nigga house. <laughs> and if you it's think of life. The nigga house. When, when life, uh, life you said, when they said, how much I got to pay to turn this into some nigga pie? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I think I've seen life more than y'all have. Um, yeah. Life. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, so she, I felt like you were you were about to say something. Just kind of like about their future path. I don't know. Sorry. Well, because, okay, so we talked about, you know, I mean, it's just like shortly after, in real life, shortly after this meeting, Sam is killed and then two months later Malcolm is killed and um then you have um you know so Jim it wasn't two months later wasn't it? it oh yeah it was yeah because it was February yeah oh my god yep so you know the movement is is because you know what not you know, a few years later Martin would be dead you know so it's just, I mean, Muhammad Ali continued, you know, he wouldn't go, he didn't go to the war, you know, so he right. continued to sustain his causes. Right. And yeah. If Jim did, I don't know he did. And he played for the Browns Maybe. and nobody in this house that grew up watching the Browns said he did. Right. He made some. He was in a dirty dozen. You was in, I'm gonna get you talk up. Um, a moment that I did forget. I had another Yelp moment a little earlier when he, when Malcolm was saying he was traveling with a writer, and I went, Alex Haley. Yes, me too. Me too. Yes. <laughs> and then when he put the when he put the the draft on the table, and I was like, See, Oh my god, I told I you my. I was like, see, look. By the, by the way, Beeb at some point kind of stopped paying attention. I was like, look at this moment. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, yeah. Jim Brown went on to have an illustrious career in Hollywood and assaulting almost every woman he was in a relationship with. Oh, you know. Glad. You're and don't add me nobody. Truth. I just read from Wikipedia, so what he, is there to add? Uh, me instead. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I got no comment. <laughs> right. 
Muhammad Ali well, grew, grew to be one of the most renowned and beloved boxers ever and right. still fought his cause. So T, were you were you still curious about the three quarters we were talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much, because y'all said half, I was like, gotta be the right. Damn, right? I don't know why I said half at first. I gotta watch that um, documentary on Sam Cooke. It's been in my what queue forever. On Netflix. Netflix. It's been in my queue forever. Mine too. I gotta watch it. I have to watch it, but I remember being curious about him. I don't even know why. Some months ago, just out of nowhere, curious about him. And were you? Oh boy, his life was interesting. It was. Were you wondering where to go to buy a Sam Cooke album? Uh, yeah, if Wikipedia did not say the back of the I was so, so like, Wikipedia, you have failed me. How could you? When when I was in high school, I used to spend study hall in the library. And um, I would read books. And they had these books on these weird and just murders that didn't make sense in America. And he was in it. So I've always mm-hmm. been curious about... Because, you know, there are those who believe it wasn't what, you know, obviously the government want to make it. Maybe, you know, maybe he was, no, he was more outspoken than the movie depicted. Right, right. I've heard that. I think now uh, about, I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. No, n- not remove movie related, but I do think now about all of the leaders that we lost from then you know mm-hmm. how things would be could things have been different had they lived every time we made a step forward somebody died because you know while i was right. watching it while i was looking because i was doing imdb periodically while i was watching it because mom kept asking questions and you know they had the um ad for the new movie what she did. I invited her. Your your lifetime. No, she was there in real life. Oh, you no, lived she lived in a the... bubble. She lived, <laughs> she, she lived on the fourth dimension when she was growing up. Y'all know that. <laughs> oh, I knew that. T one question. Um, <laughs> That's weird. Um, the, the movie about Fred Hampton was being advertised mm-hmm. on IMDb while I was looking. I was like, yeah. Obviously, I'm watching that, but it's still going to be another... It's it's interesting. It's an interesting thought to propose where would we be if, if they hadn't been killed. I mean, and there's a reason why they were killed yes. because mm-hmm. you'd probably be so far from right. where we are now. But I think what's even more interesting is that they're still doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just think about all the Ferguson activists who've mm-hmm. been murdered. So they're still doing it. They're finding a way to, they want the ones who are complacent to have a voice in the community, not the ones who are like, hey, this isn't right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, Why do paper clips stink? I'm sorry. What? Maybe the box stinks. I bit the paper clip and now my hands like, no. (laughs) Anywho. So. And we can get on to some final thoughts so T can go handle the paper clip situation. (laughs) Um, oh. um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like the first time I watched it, you know how you'd be into something, but something might distract you. So I was distracted 
a little bit, not a lot, but I was, I went on this morning to see if it was there and saw that it was there and was like, let me watch it again. Cause I think I might've missed something. And there were things I did miss. So I'm like, I'm, I'm so happy I took the opportunity to watch it again. And just so everybody knows it is even better the second time. Because like you can really dig into the nuances of the conversations and the men and you know their relationships. Like it's it was just it's such a well done movie. The direction was amazing, the acting was amazing, the writing. Like we didn't even talk about how good this writing. It's the jokes, the quips. Mm-hmm. When they asked Jim if he wants to be um, a Muslim, he's like, "If you tasted my grandmother's pork chops." <laughs> And I'm like, that's freaking hilarious. Just the way he delivered it, just the, the fact that he was saying it, because I've heard a lot of people say that. I'm not giving up pork. What are you talking right. about? I thought it was, it was just such a good movie. I'm so happy this was her debut as a director. Like, it's just cements the fact that she is an amazing human being, Regina King. Like, she's just, she's so good at picking up projects that only enhance who she is as a star in Hollywood. So uh, it was great. Everybody should see this. Me? This Mm -hmm. was a fantastic movie. And I would watch it again and again. Um, I love the acting. I love the directing. You know, just watching this movie made me want to see the projects that the other actors got going on. You want me to see what else Kemp Powers is doing? What else is Regina doing? You know, I, I just want to, I just want to embrace all that. But it also made me want to read more into these men. You know, you know, I know a lot about Malcolm, but I want to know more about the rest. Some of them, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to know more. You know, it it just. It makes you, when I watch movies like this, even though this movie wasn't about being sad, it does leave me a little sad just because we know the history. Right. So, but it makes me want to just dig deeper into it. It makes me, you know, I, I feel like I'm involved now in you know what what needs to be done for black people but it makes me want to be more involved you know because i don't want it to be 56 years from now and we're still doing this right so this movie is was great but it it just left some kind of inspiration at the same time um i feel like i have like so many thoughts right now so I'm going to restate the obvious that y'all know I'm a Regina King stan. Um, but also just, it just was, it was well done. I've just top to bottom. I feel like y'all have hit on so much. Every choice they made in this movie was just so well done. I heard someone say, they, someone I know said she fell asleep on it. We might stop being friends. Um, but I loved it. And uh, I, so I heard about it through a group that I'm in, you know, the one where I do like my book club and everything. Uh, one of the ladies who also lives in the Miami area, she posted about it. And she, in posting about it, she said that she has, they do tours at the Hampton House. Ooh. I've been in South Florida for five years. I did not know that. I didn't even know it was like, uh, now don't get me wrong, it's not open a lot. I did look into it. I need to read a little bit more. Apparently it's only open one day a week, so it's a whole thing. But when I said to my child we could go there, he said, 
We're Malcolm X. What? We have to go. I want to go. <laughs> I think it's definitely more like a sight um, than like you're about to like go inside and do a whole lot. But um, I just felt inspired to like be in the same place, you know, and be in a, a, such a historic place. Um, and remember, you know, living in Miami, you hear about South Beach. You don't hear about the richness of black neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. You, you just don't. Um, so I just like that this movie kind of reminds you of that. And I also want to just throw out there the, just the, I, I love this moment uh, again of black, like true black excellence, um, on film and TV. I feel like we're getting more and more of it, um, uh, between seeing this, which was a play, but also recently seeing Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, like you just mentioned, um, Judas and the Black, Ju- Black Messiah, um, like wanting to see these things and feeling inspired by the stories that are being told mm-hmm. um, from people before us. I just think keep the inspiration going and mm-hmm. check it out and support it and all that. Right, right. Wonderful movie. So yeah. Well, uh, Shell. Uh, T. Leona. I'm oh, openly black. Let me say it. Uh, well, you can find us. <laughs> you can listen and subscribe to Fan the City Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, and Amazon Music. FandomCity.SimpleCast.com. Can I read? And wherever you find podcasts. Check out our website, FandomCity.com. Check out Check us out on Tumblr and Instagram, both at Fandom City Mayor. Follow us on Twitter. Don't follow me because I don't use it because it's a hellscape. I'm sorry. Um, I am at Alderman Leona X. I am at Fandom City Mayor. Support your local library. Black Lives Matter. Native Lives Matter. Wear a mask. Social distance. Stay at home. We got to get past all this BS with this COVID and everything else bad that's happening right now. Stay at home. Yeah. Keep your ass at home. And We're yeah. storming the castle, weirdos. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> storming the castle. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.